Okay? Yeah, there we are. Good morning. There's a little ring. Well, thank you for praying for me and my family for the last few weeks. Um, Boy, I've had a cold. Every once in a while, the cough persists. But uh, it's so good to see you all and to be part of the body of Kingwood Bible Church. I'd like to start with a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day and for the opportunity to gather together in your name, Jesus, so that we can know your Father, the Almighty and Holy God, in a better way. We pray this in your name, Jesus. We do love you. Amen. You know what Peter said about the songs that we uh, listen to and the words we sing? Uh, as we were singing the one song, uh, it struck me when you hear from John 8 today, you'll understand where I came from when I heard these words that you sang. I can see the light of the one who is coming for the hearts of the ones who hold on. Hold on, hold on. These, these are trying and troubling times. Um, I don't understand everything that's going on in the world, but I am certain beyond a shadow of a doubt that I know God and I know Jesus Christ because he came for one purpose, and that is to be our salvation and to point to the Father because he glorified the Father. The, glorif- the Father, in turn, glorified him. And one day, as you go to heaven and stand there and have Jesus Christ intercede for you in all your sin, in all of the uh, things that you've done in your life that you're not happy or proud about. But when you stand there, Jesus is going to stand in front of you and intercede for you and say, Father, I know Peter. I know Seth. I know, I know each of you that has accepted me as your Savior. Because Jesus is the only way to the Father, to the one true God. It's really a privilege. I am honored that you allow me to do this, uh, to stand here and uh, read, preach, uh, share, teach, call it what you will, uh, the Word of God. Uh, I, I don't take it lightly. I don't take it as a burden or a hardship. I love the Word of God. Do that. Get the Word of God in your hands, in your mind, put it in your heart. You will love it more and more every day. I wish, you know, I'm 71? One. I'm <laughs> 71. I, I feel like I'm still 35 or 25. I can't do the things physically that I did in those days. But if to especially you younger and middle-aged people get in the word i heard it in those years as a younger person 
And I went to church and I went to Bible studies and I went to men's groups and I went to conferences. But you know what? There's nothing like reading and studying and praying about the Word of God. Okay, you can follow along with me in the Pew Bible. I'm going to read through sections of John 8 and then do some comments on these various uh, sections and topics. John is such a powerful book in the Bible. If you recall, early in our, in our going through the book of John, we said, look for promises. Look for uh, messages that you can stand on in these trying times, in times of trouble and hardship for yourself. There are many promises in John 8. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus went down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When he kept on, when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he stooped down and wrote in the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? No one, has no one condemned you? No, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Let's remember what's going on here. This is the Feast of the Tabernacles. This is a feast celebrated in the early fall in the Jewish heritage tradition calendar every year. And Jesus has been in Jerusalem for the period of this feast, It lasted eight days. It is thought that this was the last day of that feast. And he's been in the temple and he's been preaching and teaching to the scribes, the people that uh, wrote and rewrote the scrolls, uh, the people that recorded, and to the Pharisees. And remember who the Pharisees were. The Pharisees were... political. They were a social movement. They, they weren't the rulers. They weren't the, the rabbis. They could have all been classified as that, perhaps. But the Pharisees were more like uh, us. 
the believers, the common people, the people that went to church. And in this first passage in John 8, Jesus is tested by the Pharisees. The Pharisees uh, distinguish themselves with strict observance to the tradition and the written law, commonly held to have pretensions of superior sanctity at various times. As I said, they were a political party, a social movement, and a school of thought. Well, when I was studying this, it just rang so true about how has man changed? We haven't. This was more than 2,000 years ago. And are we still, as a society, doing the same thing? It's kind of ironic. The Pharisees question Jesus so they can trap him in a dilemma and accuse him. They bring this lady to them, to him, and he found neither fault with the law nor excused the lady's guilt. All who are called in any way to blame the faults of others ought to especially look at themselves. Keep yourselves pure. How can you find a fault in someone else if you can't keep yourself pure? And you'll notice that's what happened when these uh, Pharisees were questioned by Jesus. One by one, starting with the oldest, all the way down to the very last one, they walked away. Because as they searched their hearts and their souls, they knew they were also sinful. And so they could not accuse her. Jesus attended to the great work about which he came into the world, and that is to bring sinners to repentance, not to destroy, but to save. He aimed to bring not only the accused to repentance by showing her his mercy, but the prosecutor's also were shown their sins. He sought to, they sought to ensnare him. He sought to convince and convert them. Jesus does not treat sin lightly. He didn't treat this offense of this woman lightly. And he didn't condone it in any way. You know, God is the only one. And Jesus that are holy and pure. The righteousness of God condemned these people as they condemned her as an adulteress. The lesson Jesus taught the Jews is that human beings are not agents of punishment of God. We are not the agents of punishment of God. The Jews were doing that. The truth in Jesus rebuked the lie of the scribes and the Pharisees. Purity in him, in him condemned the lust in her. When Jesus spoke again to the people, 
He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony isn't valid. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you have no idea where I come from and where I'm going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. If your own law is written with the testimony of two witnesses, it is true. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. And they asked him, Where is your Father? You do not know me or my Father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Well, he doesn't let up. He doesn't give these, these fellas a break. And you know what? Honestly, we don't deserve a break. They didn't. We don't. We only deserve what we get. And the fact is, if we can open our hearts and open our minds, we will see the light. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. To some extent, Jesus is speaking a metaphor. The point is the difference between two ideas or two different thoughts or two different things. The workings of heaven versus the human society. Jesus defends his own self-witness. He is from above. The testimony of himself is confirmed by the Father who sent him and who bears second witness, therefore making it the truth. If you know me, You've known the Father. I love that word, know. And I don't mean the word N-O. I mean the word K-N-O-W. What a marvelous word it is. You'll see in your notes, I have a little word study there. Uh, The Greek is uh, pronounced... hmm, How is it pronounced? Genesokoya? Say again? Genesko. Okay. I don't know Greek. (laughs) But English. It's really interesting because all of these languages and then we have English. And if you go back to these root words, you'll find that the words stood for meaning phrases, things that were taken out of the culture and the society. To know is to perceive, to understand, recognize, realize, gain knowledge, and come to know. The Greeks thought of it as a process. First, there was this inception. 
okay, the, a thought came. And then there was a process of studying and learning and thinking about that. And then there was the attainment of the knowledge so you could know. Such as the recognition of truth in a personal experience. I know my wife loves me. She demonstrates it to me every day. I know God loves me. He demonstrates it to me every day. So there are certain things that you can know. Know. Jesus is the truth. Capital T-R-U-T-H. Truth. The word. He declares it over and over. He is from above. He is from God. He is one with God. Have you ever entered a very dark place? I remember as a young person, I visited the Oregon Caves. And as you go down into this great labyrinth, uh, it's lighted, it has handrails to keep you safe from falling into the abyss. But at one point, the uh, Oregon State Ranger uh, told everybody to stand still, hold on to... uh, the railing or whatever was there, and he turned out all the lights. And it was the darkest dark I'd ever experienced in my life. It was like, it must be like what being blind is. In other words, totally pitch black dark. You couldn't see your hand in front of your face. You touch your nose. You didn't even know your hand was there. It was remarkable. That is darkness. That is the world. This is the world. The world is filled with darkness. Now we have illumination, but Jesus is the light that came into the world. Now, here's where the analogy or the metaphor starts to take place. The sun was shining on, in Jerusalem, it was daylight in the temple. There was light. The Pharisees and the scribes and whoever else was there could see Jesus. But you know what? They didn't see the light. They didn't know the light. The light hadn't turned on. They had not made the crossover from being blind, dark, being in the dark, to knowing being in the light and realizing that Jesus Christ was the truth and bringing the light to the world. They were ignorant, totally did not understand. They were so immersed in the world. We have been left with the truths which are necessary to keep us from destroying sin and errors and the directions by the way of duty Necessary to keep us from those condemning sins. Jesus has told it to us over and over. 
Once again, Jesus said to them, I am going away, and you will look for me, and you will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, will he kill himself? Is that why he says, where I go, you cannot come? And Jesus continued, You are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins if you do not believe that I am he. You will indeed die in your sins. Who are you, they said. Just as I have been telling you from the beginning, Jesus replied, I have much to say in judgment of you, but he who sent me is trustworthy, and what I have heard from him I tell the world. They do not understand what he is telling them about his father. So Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own but speak just what my father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I, am always, for I always do what pleases him, even as he spoke. Many believed him. Well, hallelujah. He broke through to some of these folks. Many believed him. Well, Jesus predicted his own departure by telling them that he was going away. The Jews didn't understand what he was talking about. But Jesus is from the Father, and he speaks what the Father and what the Father and he must have talked about, or what he heard his Father speak when he was with his Father from the beginning in heaven. The Father, his Father, God, was abiding with Jesus. Jesus can abide with you. All you have to do is ask and then be open and, and do the things that would keep a guest in your home. You're your own temple. You're your own home. If you ask Jesus to come and abide with you, to be with you, he will. Now, if you treat him like dirt, if you, if you don't uh, pray, if you don't do good things instead of evil things, is your guest going to stay very long? I think not. If we knew Christ better, we would know the Father better. Your imaginations concerning God. Oh, do you ever hear it? Almost every day and almost everything you see, hear, or read, who is God? Bang! Nothing and then there's a universe and it's always expanding. Or is it contracting? Or is God up there, out there? These are imaginations. God, the Word, in the Bible, it's there there for you to find. It's there for you to learn. It's there for a purpose. I believe it's the only purpose we're ever born into this world is to make this very important decision. Are you going to stand for God? Are you going to 
do the right things? Are you going to be a good person? Are you going to do what's right? Are you going to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior? Or are you just going to be part of the world and die in your sins? Because the most important decision you'll ever make as a human being in your heart doesn't often come from your head, but from your heart. You'll find out the most important question you'll ever answer as long as you live is, do I know Jesus Christ? Have I accepted him as, your, as my Savior? And when you know that, K-N-O-W, your life is changed. And I know it's changed many of your lives. You're only going to learn about God by reading the Bible, by coming to church, by being in Bible study groups, fellowshipping with one another, reading good literature, listening to good music, and watching decent media. Now remember, some believe Jesus. So, to the Jews who believed him, Jesus said, I have told you my teaching. You are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. What a classic statement. Have you ever heard that one? Who's ever preached that? I think Martin Luther King did. The truth will set you free. And they answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves to anyone. How can you say we shall be set free? Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants Yet you're looking for a way to kill me because you have no room in, for my word. I am telling you that what I have seen in my Father's presence and what you are doing, and you are doing what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they replied. If you're Abraham's children, Jesus said, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things, and you are doing works of your own father. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. Jesus said to them, If God is your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say? You belong to your father. And this is where he starts to get the tires on the road. You belong to your father, the devil. You want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. 
Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. And the reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Boy, this is a classic, classic part of the Bible. It's where Jesus really separates the heavenly realm within the spiritual realm, the battle between good and evil, between what this world is. This world, a great creation that it is, a great place for us to live and enjoy. But this world is not our world. What, what did you say, Ryan? The kingdom. The kingdom. Where is the kingdom? The kingdom is not here on earth. The kingdom is within you, and the kingdom is in heaven. So what is this world? This world is a place where Satan rules, where all of his agents, all of his demons, all of, his, all of the lies, all of the perversions that can beset men and women. Look at this poor lady at the beginning of this. She was caught up in adultery. I don't have to explain adultery to you. You know what it is. It's not right. The fact is, it's in the world. It's part of the world. It's the way the world is. Are you going to get in the world? Are you going to wallow in the world? Or are you going to set yourself apart and believe the truth and accept the truth and, and live through the strength of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit to be as sin-free as possible. You know, these people had believed Jesus. And he said to those who believed in him, Abide in my word, become the disciples of Jesus, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But the Jews kept thinking in worldly terms, belonging to the present world, and announcing that they weren't slaves. Oh, here is the word speaking the truth. Whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. Jesus was not of the world. He was in the world. He was visiting the world. But the Jews are in the world. And of the world. Abraham was their father. And they didn't recognize, really recognize, their father, real father in heaven. But they succumbed to Satan in the physical realm. And as Jesus called Satan out as the father of lies. He who is of God hears God's words. So please, hear. Don't, don't be blind. Don't, don't be deaf. The Jews answered him, Aren't we right in saying that you are a Samaritan and demon oppressed? I'm not possessed of a demon, Jesus said. But I honor my father, and you dishonor me. 
I am not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Very truly I tell you, whoever obeys my words will never see death. At this they exclaimed, How do you know that you are now? Oh, this is, I'm sorry. Then they exclaimed, Now we know you are demon-possessed. Abraham died, and so did the prophets. Yet you say that whoever obeys your words will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died, and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? And Jesus replied, If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father, whom you claim to be your God, is the one who glorifies me. Through you... Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing this my day, and he saw it and was glad. But you're not yet 50 years old, they said to him, and you have seen Abraham Very truly I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. At this they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself slipping away from the temple grounds. So unbelievers, becoming believers, not understanding or hearing or knowing the truth, and at the close of this chapter, They're picking up stones and they're ready to stone him because they think he's demon-possessed and that he's a blasphemer and that he doesn't tell the truth. Wow. Are you ever thankful that we have the word today to read it, to know it, to study it, to learn it? Are you ever happy today that you have the Holy Spirit within you that can help you understand and discern the truth? These people were so ignorant. They lived it. They were there hour by hour, word by word, verse by... And yet, they didn't get it. So few got it. Do you believe and then do you quit believing? Have you ever believed and stopped believing? I know a lot of people that quit, that quit on God because they don't, God doesn't become or do or doesn't turn into whatever their imaginations are? Glory, hallelujah, that we have the Word of God and that we can read it and that the Holy Spirit helps us understand it. Jesus claims about himself First, he's not a glory seeker. If you're serving, if you're working for God, if you're living for God, don't, please, do not be a glory seeker. Know that whatever you do glorifies God the Father. And just like God the Father in turn glorified Jesus Christ by bringing him back from the grave, raising him from the dead, God is going to glorify you if you don't think that there aren't a whole lot of glories waiting for you in heaven. 
you're in for a really big surprise because they are waiting there. I know they are. Without a doubt. There, there's so many reports of those that have died and come back from heaven. So many reports of how out of this world the place is. How that existence is so different. My back won't hurt in heaven. You won't be sick in heaven. You won't have issues in heaven. You'll know your friends that have gone before you and your family. The Father glorified the Son. What do you think God has in store for you? We ought to earnestly desire to know more of God. We ought to rejoice in knowing this. Abraham's in heaven. The prophets are in heaven. They're all happy. They're all in glory. Jesus declares that he is the I am. The Lord Jesus was made of God. Wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption for us as he did for Adam. And all lived and died by faith in Jesus. Let me close in prayer. Father, let us steadfastly profess that we know and believe concerning God that we're the heirs of Adam's faith, that we will rejoice in looking forward to the day when the Savior will will appear in glory to confuse his enemies and to complete the salvation of all who believe in him. Amen.